Hello and welcome to the Nerdiest Podcast, the podcast where nerds talk about nerdy things. Today I'm joined by Colin with no eye. Hello there. And today we are doing a little bit of a special bonus episode here to talk about my favorite show. Well, maybe not my favorite show. My favorite anime of all time, uh, My Hero Academia. It is... I mean, dare I say, it is one of the best shows on, like, in terms of, like, currently running anime. It's probably one of the better ones. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm excited to talk about it. Because by the time this episode comes out, season five starts tomorrow. So <laughs> that's very exciting. Um, so, Colin, welcome back to the show. It's been a It's been a hot minute, and it seems like you're our resident anime person now. <laughs> when I need someone to talk about anime with, I just bring you on. Yeah. Because, see, I tried to, like, because I asked Megan and Jackson, I was like, okay, so how much could I, like, pay you guys to watch anime so we can talk <laughs> about it? And they're like, um, zero dollars, because we don't care. Wow. And I'm like, okay, fine. So, they they have their own problems with anime. Like, it's, like, I was, I was watching a clip from My Hero today to get ready to record, and <laughs> um, I was on FaceTime with Megan, and I was unmuted. And it was one of the fights, and she was like, are they good? Like, they're screaming a lot. And I'm like, that's just kind of anime, though. Like, yeah, that's just a trope of anime is just a lot of screaming. Um, I did I did tell her that, like, the, the Japanese voice actor for Bakugo had to undergo uh, throat surgery because I'm pretty sure he, like, tore or damaged one of his vocal cords from playing Bakugo and she's like uh yeah maybe you shouldn't scream so much and I'm like well you know what it's That's called his character, so. commitment yeah and commitment is important if you commitment yep. makes you a good voice actor and actor exactly because you really yeah like you get into the character and you just do so much better and I think that's I know I have it on the, uh, or it's not on the, it's not on the notes, but I thought about it. That's kind of what makes the difference between like sub and dub mm-hmm. is in the sub, the voice actors sound like a hundred percent so much more committed to their role. Whereas I feel like most dubs are more concerned with like how words are going to sound Yeah, when you translate them over, which doesn't make any sense to me because like. I hear some words and I read it in the subtitles how they say it. And it's it and I say it in English and it sounds perfectly fine. Like you don't need to tweak the pronunciation at all. Yeah. And it sounds fine. But you know. Yeah, and I mean there are definitely some dub voice actors who do sound very much committed to their role. Um and I think one that's a, a great example is uh Matt Mercer. Um Matt Mercer is honestly probably one of my favorite english voice actors uh if not my favorite i think he does a fantastic job of uh levi from attack on titan oh yes um he is matt mercer is just fantastic um he also does you know other stuff like a critical role if people have heard of that uh he does he's a he's the dm and critical role and that's that's neat uh but I think I, I think there definitely are some, you know, there are a lot of dub voice actors who do commit to their roles, like uh, Matt Mercer, Sean Schimmel. Uh, oh, I'm blanking. What is who's Vegeta? Chris Sabat. Chris Sabat. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know how I was blanking on Chris Sabat, but I mean they they all Vic Mignogna, uh They all just 
commit to their roles, and I think they're very good at doing that. Um, another one is another one is uh, Todd Habercorn. Uh, Todd Habercorn's very good, and Troy Baker. Troy Baker. That's who I was also thinking of. Uh, they're all really good at just committing to their roles, but I do think I am a person who prefers sub because I do think the I, I do think the pronunciations in dubs can bother me a lot as somebody who knows like amateur Japanese. It does bother me quite a bit when they pronounce a lot of words wrong, and I'm just like, that's not how you pronounce the word. Um, and I just feel there are a lot of effects that they add in the dub that make things almost seem like they weren't trying hard enough. Where those effects, like voice effects, are nowhere to be seen in the sub. And I think that's really good. Yeah. And I mean, like, even in terms of dubs in general there are some really good dubs out there like i think both of the dubs for full metal alchemist and full metal alchemist brotherhood are like a tier like all of those people sound committed to what they're doing and it's just it's one of those that like some people are like you could watch it sub or you could watch it dub and i don't think there's really a split debate for full metal alchemist but then you watch something like attack on titan or my hero academia and people are like no you have to be sub only otherwise you know you're cringe although I would. I guess I'm cringe because I watched both of those uh, dub up until like the most recent stuff. Like I watched mm-hmm. my most of My Hero season four in sub, and I've watched all of Attack on Titan season four in sub. So yeah. Um, I was I was different. Uh, I watched uh, both My Hero and all of Attack on Titan sub. Um. I was actually the one who got Nick to start watching subs. Uh, it's true. Because I was like, listen, the dubs are okay, but subs subs where is at, uh, where it's at. Um, and I think if you can get over like the reading aspect mm-hmm. of subs, which I can do it. I have to be like sitting upright. Like I can't lay down in bed and watch a yeah. sub. Otherwise, I'll fall asleep. But if I'm sitting up yeah. and watching it, I can... Like plow, like I plowed through like half a season of JoJo in one day, uh, and and I watched it all subbed. So if you watch JoJo dubbed, then yeah, you're definitely cringe. Uh, yeah, you... um, I, I I think there's only like one voice actor. Once again, Matt Mercer, uh, who is good in the JoJo dub, uh, because he's Jotaro, and uh, but I I am a much, I I like Daisuke Ono much better uh and i like takihito koyasu um you know there's they're all really good voice actors because they sound like they 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 sound like the characters they're portraying like yeah if you don't look at dio and you are like okay i know that's what dio would sound like um and i mean I, i think matt mercer is a spot on cast for jotaro i think He's very well. He, he's a very well casted voice actor for him. Um, but I wasn't a big fan of Patrick Seitz as Dio. Uh, I think Takito Koyasu is a lot better <laughs> than, than Patrick Seitz. Um, but you know, people have their opinions. 
but there are yeah. shows that you most definitely do need to watch dubs dubbed and there are some shows you definitely need to watch subbed uh, yeah. like it... jojo you need to watch subbed a full metal alchemist you need to watch dubbed uh-huh it it really depends on the show and to to bring it back into our topic uh my hero i think is one of those shows that definitely needs to be watched subbed mm-hmm. and not to slight the english cast because i i think they do a good job of dubbing this show especially given like how big and popular it is but i feel like some of the emotions in those fights do not come across as well in english and i and part of me doesn't know what it is because like the way you know they scream and yell and all that in japanese just does not like that does not translate over into english and i think that's the big difference especially when you have you know a shonen anime like this which is built around you know fight of the week fight of the day when they're always fighting that's kind of a big deal um i also think you know deku was better cast in japanese nothing against justin briner but i think um i don't i don't know deku's japanese voice actor i've seen it before but um I think the Japanese voice actor for Deku is a better cast because he seems like he fits the age role of Deku more so than Justin Briner does. But that's that's just getting into nitpicky technical stuff. If you don't like reading, you can watch it dubbed. If you like reading and you want to kind of stay true to the original, watch it subbed. I think it can go either way. I don't think there should be any animosity between sub watchers and dub watchers. But, you know, that's just kind of the anime fandom as a whole. So nothing we can really do about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, something when you were talking about that, uh, it made me think. Uh, I think it's 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 kind of funny that you say he fits the age role. Uh, he actually uh, Daiki Yamashita, I believe that's his name. Uh, he actually is two years older than uh, Justin Briner. <laughs> <laughs> he is thirty-one, and uh, Justin Briner is twenty-nine. Wow. So that's I, crazy. Yeah, I just found that was kind of fun, uh, comical. Yeah. So, Colin, I'm yes. going to let you go first. Um, My Hero Academia overall, seasons one through four, you've seen it all. Yep. Most, uh, mostly to my behest of me forcing you to, um, <laughs> because it's good. Um, yeah. What are your general thoughts on, like, My Hero Academia as a whole? Um. All right. Uh, My Hero is, it, it's a show, it's a very well-written show. It's, you can tell that a lot was put into the writing process and the, you know, it, you can tell there was a lot put into the show and a lot put into the story. Um, and it's it's a show that sends a message that not everyone is talented from, from the beginning and growing into your own talents is possible. Um, and it also shows that, you know, there are people who are talented and they struggle with their own problems. And there's the, I think one of the best things that my hero captures is that there's a circle of desire through and in society as a whole, just, you know, like say person who doesn't have a talent, say Deku doesn't, he didn't, he was quirkless. He has a desire to have a quirk, but somebody else who has a quirk has a desire to have a better quirk and that person has a desire to have a better quirk and that person has a desire to have a better quirk it just all is one cycle um and 
Another thing I think My Hero is really good at doing is because it has such a diverse cast of characters, there's a there's not one character that you really can't relate to. Um, I, I think there's always the yeah, thing that no, My Hero I definitely does. agree. I think yeah. the 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 diversity of not even just like class one A, but the diversity of the entire like cast of the world makes it very easy. If you can't like self insert yourself as Deku or relate to Deku, mm-hmm. maybe you can with Bakugo or Todoroki or All Might or literally any character. There's just so many for you to relate to, and I think that's definitely one of the better things that Horikoshi did. Is he put a lot of work and thought into the world and even like some of the smaller things that you wouldn't think of end up having a role later on which as a as a, as a manga reader i'm you know all caught up on the manga you're you're not you're an anime only um so what i'll say without no manga spoilers here because you know this podcast is kind of aimed towards the anime only is getting excited mm-hmm. for season five but you see things in the beginning even like from the very first chapter or even the very first episode of this yeah. show and they're still being brought back up and being referenced and like this thing impacts this thing yeah. way down the line in a, in the manga which we're probably not going to see animated for another 2 or 3 years yeah. in season 6 or 7 like it's and this is going to be one of those shows that when it's all said and done and everything's, you know, been written and animated and all of that, it's going to be such a fantastic show to watch from start to finish because everything is just going to connect. And you, because some, some shows kind of like they forget halfway through mm-hmm. and they forget something and then they try to bring it back around, but it's too late because they already forgot and half the audience has forgotten. Yeah. So by the time you bring it back around nobody cares but my hero does that a lot better yeah um but i mean even that even then my hero is not a perfect show in nothing nothing that is you know there's no show that is perfect objectively um and i like it it all it always has its problems like everything does like it has it has some pacing issues it has some character development issues but even then i still think it's a very it's a, it's a great show because i don't really hold my opinions to a, to a standard of a per, of perfection equals good because like something can be terrible and you can still look at it and be like that wasn't that bad like um something can you know, have terrible pacing, but eventually have a really good payoff. Something can not have very developed characters, but still be very interesting to watch. Uh, such as <laughs> Domestic Girlfriend. Oh my gosh, that anime was horrible. <laughs> it was so bad, but you know what? Oh. It, was, it was terrible, but it was interesting. It was, it was, it's one of those shows that like, it's so bad, it's I don't want to say good, but like it's it's, it's interesting. It is an interesting show. There was a YouTuber watch. I think it was Gigak. It was Gigak. Like, yeah. It's a uh, it's the dumpster fire you can't look away from. Yeah. And it it's like when you see a train accident, you're like, oh, that's painful, but I can't stop looking at it because it's so interesting. What's gonna happen? Yeah. It is a. It is a show that 
I don't recommend anyone to watch. But if you want to watch it. It finally got greenlit for season two. Did it really? Yeah. <laughs> did it really get greenlit? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it got greenlit for season two right as the the manga's over. Yeah. So I need I need to just Google and see, like, what's the end result of the relationships. Oh, I've, uh, I, because... I already, I already kind of know. I think Gigik made a video about it. Because that's like, you know, what's the point in watching the show when I can just skip to the end? Yeah, uh, I, I, I do, I do say this: if you ever are going to watch Domestic Girlfriend, watch it with a group of friends because then you just get to laugh at how bad it is. Yeah, that's part of where my enjoyment for that show came from is because we watched it together. Yeah, and like it wasn't like we watched it together over the internet. No, we were sitting in the same room. And we watched it together, and it was just a laugh fest nonstop at how just bad it was. And we watched it dubbed too, which added to how bad it was because the yeah. it was it was an okay dub, but even then, like you know, it was just bad. It was just really bad. And then there's shows like Konosuba, which are great, and you know, still waiting on that season three announcement. Starting yeah. to believe it's never coming, but. You know, maybe yeah. one day. Anyway, yeah. Going back to my hero. Uh My Hero, it's 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 a really good show. It is very well written and I think I think it will definitely live up to a it, it will have a certain reputation when it is finally said and done and finally finished. So I, I definitely think it will I don't think it would be like it'll be like as good as say Dragon Ball Z or you know Naruto, but I I think it will definitely be up there with. I would call it like I would call it the big three, of. Anime yeah, series, it's but... like re- it's like referring to the new gen big three, which is like My Hero, yeah. Attack on Titan, and the third slot is interchanged with like Demon Slayer and Jujutsu Kaisen and. Like, that third slot is swapped out a lot, but My Hero and Attack on Titan are the two that are, like, up there. Is like, these are going to be staples, and in the sense that, like, Horikoshi looked back on One Piece and Naruto and Dragon Ball to make My Hero, when we get to, like, the next generation of manga, you know, those yeah. mangaka will be looking back on My Hero and Attack on Titan and all these other things to go forward. So, in the sense that, like, yes, My Hero is a part of the big three and i see people squabble about this on twitter all the time the my hero twitter fan base is just something we, we don't like we don't talk about the my hero fandom it doesn't exist ugh. it doesn't I, exist i consider myself a part of the fandom but at some I at some points i really wish i didn't i don't because they do some really like the a new chapter of the manga came out and people are like oh my gosh i hate this thing with deku and it's something like super minor like his like well, I can't say because it'd be a spoiler, but it's like something super minor, and people are like, "I'm dropping the whole series," and I'm like, "What? Just, why don't you be reasonable?" Yeah, they are, very uh, but no, over dramatic, but it's fine. Yeah, it's it's fine. Anyway, uh, so Nick, what would you say uh your favorite opening is? my hero uh since there's like my favorite seven. Ob- yeah that's kind of difficult um i will say i do really like the new one that they're flexing yeah. in the trailer it sounds really good 
Um, I think I, I kind of have to put my favorite opening in two different categories because if I go favorite based off of song, it's um, season four opening two, Star Marker by Kana Boone. That was my uh, most listened to song on Spotify in 2020 and is on track to be my most listened to song of 2021. It is a bop and I can't seem to turn it off. Um, it's also a visually good opening, but I think if I had to pick my favorite opening in terms of like song and visuals and kind of how it gets put together, I would say it's probably opening two peace sign from uh, season two with the tournament arc. That one is just that opening flows together so well in like the pacing of the song and how the song goes. Yeah you know, kind of light in the beginning while you show everybody getting ready. And then you start showing the fights when the song picks up. And I guess that's just kind of the format for anime openings. But yeah, that one, that one really caught my eye and dazzled me when I watched through the series for the first time. And even now, as I go back and rewatch it, it is just such a good opening. Yeah. Um, I do, I do rank peace sign, uh, very, very high on my list. Um, I would say probably my favorite is, uh, make my story. Uh, which is opening five. Um, I think it's really good because there's quite a bit of symbolism in that opening. Um, such as, like, there's a lot of a lot of symbolism with Deku because if you look at the past openings, you honestly see a thing where Deku is relying on All Might. And he even looks back on All Might and he's not there. Yeah, because that opening takes place, like, right after the the big fight between All Might and All for One and now All Might like in his super buff All Might form is gone and you only have Small Might for yeah. like going forward so yeah. there isn't this huge symbol of peace for Deku to look back on and now he has to look ahead and like go get your license stop looking back at All yeah. Might and just move ahead yeah uh but yeah no uh make my story is it's it's really good because I there like I said there's there's a lot of symbolism with All Might not being there in the beginning shots and um, and you know there's also stuff with Endeavor and Todoroki and it's just honestly it's a good song it's just a really good song um funnily it's funnily enough you brought up uh, Star Maker uh, that's actually my least favorite opening really yeah. Uh, it's, I, I liked it. Like they, they aren't all bad. Um, like they're, there's not a bad MHA opening, but personally, I think it's my least favorite because I think that was right where I was starting to lose a lot of interest in the show. Uh, yeah, that's true. You did express kind of a, like not a, I don't want to say a disinterest, but like kind mm -hmm. of just like a meh feeling on the, the festival arc, which I will say, the Festival Arc houses one of the best My Hero villains ever. Yeah, I in guess. Gentle Criminal. I guess. And I guess. Listen, it's it's just Logan Paul as a villain. Logan with Paul. A beard. I've never heard Gentle Criminal described as Logan Paul, but all right. Then. He's just a risque YouTuber who just wants to be cool. That <laughs> like actually, yeah, that that's kind of true. So. Yeah, Gentle Criminal is the best villain. Or me, okay. I would not say best villain. I would. Not yeah, be close he's a good villain. villain. I I can't say best villain. Shigaraki is my favorite villain. 
especially with, all like, the one. character development that's about to happen in the anime. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, no, uh, that's, that's my least favorite is, is Starbaker. I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I'm just not really a, a big fan of the opening. I think the song's all right and the animation's pretty good, but I feel a lot of with what, what they're showing off with that animation, I feel it goes by way too fast to be honest, to notice a lot of what's, what's going on. That's um, fair. And I mean, I like the end of that arc. I think that the end of that arc is really good. But besides that, I was just like, yeah, it's an okay. It, it's okay. So, uh, yeah, I think that arc has a lot to do with like, essentially a follow up to yeah. the yeah. overhaul arc. Especially, because yeah, when the you're overhaul coming, arc is when you're coming really off of Polaris. Dark. When you're coming off of Polaris, it's like, yeah, this is not great. <laughs> yeah, I think Polaris is the better opening visually, even though I, I can't for the life of me understand why they did some of the visuals in there. True, like why they put all of Class One A in that opening for any extent of time, because we essentially dump the class aside from the few who go off to do the work study. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll never understand it, but you know, it, it's a good song. It's a killer song. Was in my top ten, uh, Spotify twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So uh, I expressed my my least favorite. Uh, what's yours? Okay. Oh dear. My least favorite opening is um, and I, I correct me on the pronunciation if I get it wrong, but it's Sora uh, ni Oteba. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, that that actually, you know. I rank that one kind of high. I I think it's a because I love the stain arc. I think the stain arc is probably one of my favorite arcs in in the show, uh, and I think a lot of the animation on that is really good, uh, especially that ending shot with um, you know Deku walking and then putting his hand out and then it just flashes to show yeah. the logo and stuff like that. I love that. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a good. Like, I like the song. Mm-hmm. The opening didn't do a whole lot for me. I get that. Like, in terms of, like, I don't want to say it's a bad opening. Because, like you said, My Hero doesn't really have bad openings. It's just, what order are you going to put them in? And, like, what gets stuck at the bottom? And this one, for me, in comparison to all the other ones, yeah, is kind of more towards the bottom. Mm-hmm. I think this song is great. Mm-hmm. I think the animation in the opening is great. Animation has always been on point with my hero mm-hmm. except when it's not so yeah that's mm-hmm. that's it's just kind of my least favorite mm-hmm. so moving moving forward um what is your favorite fight out of the entirety of mha uh i i have to go with probably my even my f- favorite arc is uh, the tournament arc in season two. So I would have to go with uh, Todoroki versus Deku. Oh, that is such a beautiful fight. Yep. It's a, that it, is... it's a cinematic masterpiece. Like it's really good, really, really good character development for Todoroki, really good character development for Deku. And it's just, it's just good. It's just really, yeah. really good. <laughs> the the way animation, can... they really killed it with that fight mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of animation. Uh, and you're right, like, even just down to the story stuff, like, the amount of story and backstory and character yeah. development they get across in that episode is 
insane. And I think that's partially what anime in general does better than most Western animation and like just kind of shows in general is when they do fights, they give you the proper backstory and context for it. And it's not just a like fight, but they're like, okay, so here's why Todoroki feels this way. Now, this character personality is going to clash with Deku's personality. And what does that look like on screen? And I watched a video by Gagak about how my heroes fights are really boring and dull in the sense that like they are just beat him down fights, but they're also like, it's the fights aren't necessarily about the fights. The fights are about the conflict between characters. Like, mm-hmm. The Deku and Todoroki fight, well, yes, is framed in the sense of the tournament arc. It's also Deku's personality of he wants to save and help people versus Todoroki's I can do this on my own and, like, his petty squabbles with Endeavor, which, you know, based on the way Endeavor is as a parent, I'm not saying that's unjustified, Mm -hmm. but it's the conflict of those two personalities, not necessarily the physical fight. And that's what makes that fight in particular so good is because it really puts all of that blending of character development, backstory, animation, like it puts all of that together for essentially, I'd say like top three fights in My Hero. Yeah, yeah. like it. it's just, it's a really good fight. And I think it's really good at giving the backstory for Todoroki. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree um, in that sense. Uh, for me, my favorite fight, it's it's very hard to pick one because, like, especially when it gets down to Deku's fights, like, both of the fights between Deku and Bakugo are great. Like you said, the fight between Deku and Todoroki is great. Um, the Stain arc has a great fight. And even when Deku fights Muscular in Season 3 is another good one. But if I had to give my favorite fight in MHA... Now, let me ask you, does the do the movies count? Or do I need to pick, like, a fight from the anime? I, I didn't consider the movies. Um, because, in my opinion, I feel the movies get a better budget. Yeah. So I feel I wouldn't, or they, yeah, they get a higher budget. Therefore, they're able to spend more time working on the fight. So that's why I didn't count them. Because even if I, like, if I did, they would have been, like, easily top two. Like, yeah. it would have, it would have been, like, basically a shutout on both of the big fights in the movies. Yeah. So if I have to pick a favorite fight from the anime, it's... Uh, that's difficult. It's it's either the overhaul. Well, actually, no. I'm gonna say it is the overhaul fight at the end, at like the midpoint of season four, when Deku really goes after overhaul and does like the infinite 100. percent That to me is my favorite fight because you go from like Deku's on the ground and then he jumps into the air and he reaches out to Aerie and she jumps to him. That, the overhaul arc was the first arc that I read in the manga, because I had gotten caught up on season three. Season three had ended, and I was like, okay, I'm too impatient to wait for season four. So I jumped into the manga, and that was the first thing I read. And 
part of what made that fight so fun was going back and looking at the manga panels and then looking at the animated version to like compare mm-hmm. like okay what got in how did this get animated to move and another part of what makes that fight so great is it's the first time my hero uses an insert song which uh might plus you like god tier song it is such a good song and it's used in heroes rising to a much bigger grander effect and really gets that across but i'm gonna come back to the movies in a minute Mm -hmm. so just the way that fight like the emotion behind that fight and the fact that deku you know he let eri go once he's not gonna do it again that's like completely conflicts with his character of he wants to save everyone so he's gonna go 100 percent go full out for this one and just getting to see a glimpse of what full potential 100% one for all Deku looks like and like setting up the point of like even in the even earlier in that fight when they show you at 20% this is what he can do and then you jump to the end of this fight and it's like okay by the end of the story Deku will be at 100% and here's what that looks like and even then he's I don't think he's only unlocked the first quirk of one for all. There's still like, mm-hmm. I think six more mm-hmm. to go. So even then you look at it and it's like, wow, that's a huge jump. And that fight was just so well animated and everything looked great and came together for the best fight in season four. Uh, the endeavor versus uh, the no move fight at the end was really good. Mm-hmm. The gentle versus Deku fight was really good. Um, not going to lie, as much as I love gentle, that fight kind of let me down a little bit. Because yeah. if you read in the manga, like the way that mist and steam looks in the manga is just this overwhelming fog. And in the anime, it was just like an aura, like yeah. a stand or something from Jojo. And it was really kind of let me down a little bit. Uh, but other than that, no, definitely that fight between um, Deku and Overhaul is the best and i i mean i love overhaul as a villain too i think his aesthetic is really is really interesting um mm-hmm. which it's kind of it's kind of perfectly timed when it came out like given you know the situation of the world shortly thereafter <laughs> um the whole like plague mask aesthetic is i i almost bought an overhaul mask for the pandemic i really did i thought about it and just like walking around in public with his giant plague doctor mask, I thought mm-hmm. I thought it would have been hilarious. Uh, people around me may not have thought that it would be <laughs> funny, but you know, I thought it would have been funny. Um, but no, I think overhaul, even his quirk, like that is a really cool quirk in and of itself. It's a very creative quirk in the way that it can be used. So, yeah, that's my that's my favorite fight of My Hero Academia right there. Um, to come back to the movies here. Um, so Colin, I have to ask, I've seen both of the movies in theaters. Did you see both of the movies in theaters? I did not. I saw, I did not see two heroes in, uh, in theaters. I saw heroes rising in theaters. Cause I saw it with you, yep. uh, but I did not see two heroes. I actually watched two heroes on like a very small TV. Uh, so so what I'll say about the movies is, like you said, they have a bigger budget, so they have more time to work mm-hmm. on the animation. 
the movies are really tailored to be watched in a movie theater. Yes. Or yes, on a are. massive HD TV. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I'll watch the fights from Heroes Rising, especially that end fight with Deku and Bakugo and Nine, which right there, if I could include fights from the uh, movies in my favorite, that is my favorite fight in mm-hmm. all of My Hero. It was such a well-done fight. Seeing it, seeing that in the movie theater with, yeah. like, the surround sound on the big screen, it was, it was an experience that I will probably never get from that movie again. Mm-hmm. Like... Even though I have it on DVD, I can watch it whenever I want. I can watch it on the TV. I have an HD TV, but just the the feeling of sitting in a theater and the what's the word I'm looking for? The environment that you watch it in is such a big deal. And these movies are very tailored after you know the Marvel superhero movies with the huge climactic fight that is big and booming and you know crazy. And that's where these movies go. And I think, I mean, even though they're not canon, which some people would like to debate that they are, but they're not, so deal with it. Um, I'd like them to be canon. I think them not being canon makes them... Because I think the idea of being able to take your story and do something non-canon with it just for the sake of doing it is okay. Um, I think there are certain parts of the movies that are canon. Like, I think Melissa from Two Heroes, definitely canon. Definitely, like, definitely you, should you be. You can't canon. say that character just doesn't exist. Yeah. Um. But no, I think there are some aspects of them that are canon. Like I know Nine from Heroes Rising, definitely canon. Like we see him you in mean, the manga. He's you mean a canon off. character. You mean knock off Sephiroth? Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, you're. Where's the lie though? Like. Even down to the aesthetic of, like, the white hair and super evil menacing. No, definitely. He, he, he's literally just knockoff Sephiroth. He's knockoff Sephiroth. He's Sephiroth if Sephiroth had all for one. Uh, Sephiroth pretty much which, does have all for one. <laughs> I mean, Sephiroth almost killed Mario. I heard he's coming back on March 31st to, you know, finish off the execution of Mario. Mario. But Mario Mario's going to die in, like, two weeks. Yeah, this podcast comes out on the 26th of March, so Mario has five days left. Man. Mario, watch your days. Count your numbers. Rip Mario. I always envisioned that, like, Link or Zelda would be the one to kill Mario because then, you know, we move into the Zelda anniversary. No. But I think Sephiroth has it covered. Sephiroth. Uh, also, you know that that screen cap of Sephiroth stabbing Mario is going to be all over the internet. Oh, March <laughs> oh yeah. I'm calling oh, yeah. it right now. <laughs> anyway, going back to the movies. Uh, like, if I were to give my thoughts on both the movies, I would say, honestly, Two Heroes and Heroes Rising are two completely different beasts. Like, Two Heroes is a very... Two Heroes is more of a... It's almost like a side story comparing you know comparing Deku to All Might and then seeing how those two work together and you know getting giving you know a bit bit of a look into All Might's past and stuff like that which I think we need I love All Might's past I think it's really interesting and very good to hear about and I mean I kind of think it's bad that it kind of got locked behind an, an OVA but I mean I'm not disagreeing with you but, that OVA never got dubbed, never got brought to 
you know, over here, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Yep. Yep. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I love the the fight at the end with Deku and All Might. I think it's very well done. I think it's great just to see how similar those two, their fighting styles are, because they're both users of One for All. And it's really good to just see that, you know, there's a, it's a light that Deku is going to be the next All Might and stuff like that, which is, it's it's good to hear uh, and, and see. But uh, Heroes Rising, though, it is a, it really does a fantastic job at just showcasing different combinations of Class 1A. Yeah. Cause you get to see like a ton of a ton of different characters and how they would complement each other in a fight, and it's really well done. Like the fight against that that one beast guy, I forget what he was. He's like a chimera. Um, yeah, that guy. With like Todoroki, and who was it? Was it Todoroki? Was it Mina as well? It was Mina. It was it was Todoroki, Sue, Ida, and Kirishima. That's right. That was like, you would never think you would see Todoroki, Ida, and Ida ever fighting together. Besides from Stain. Like, because Stain makes sense because of Ida being mad because of his brother. Which is also, that's why I love the Stain arc. Because Ida's like my favorite character. Um, and you would never, of course, you would, th- or no, you would actually never th- think Todoroki and Kirishima would fight together. Because you always see Kirishima and Bakugo. And all of them just complement each other really well in the fight. And then we finally see them using the uh, the Chimera. Is, is, isn't his name Chimera? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, using his quirk against him, which was a really well done way they did that. And then going into the big part, the big part of that movie which was Deku and Bakugo both having one for all was cinematically pleasing and a beautiful display of the animator's skills. Yes. Um, it just shows just how well done and how the animators, how hard they've worked for that. And you can see that no matter what, like you watch that and you will just see how hard the animators worked like you, you could, could really take like any freeze frame from that fight and hang it on a wall yeah because they just put so much effort into every single yeah. frame yeah it's like it's like every frame was a keyframe which yeah. a keyframe is basically a keyframe is a frame where it's like you have to be able to if you were to take a frame and pause it right there take everything out of it and you just see the silhouettes you'll know what they're doing and it's like every single frame of that fight is a keyframe yeah it's it's a beautiful fight mm-hmm. not even just in terms of the animation in terms of the coloring which that's kind of a thing for heroes rising heroes rising is a like really beautiful movie i think they did a great job with the art direction and the color palettes and Mm -hmm. the colors really pop in that movie but even more so in this fight when you've got one for all which is like a very vibrant multicolor power in and of itself and then you add it into this already visually pleasing movie with fantastic animation like 
the mm -hmm. who who directed that fight it was um yutaka nakamura mm -hmm. who did like the todoroki versus deku fight and he's done a lot a lot of other ones in the series he directed that final fight and it was it shows like mm -hmm. how experienced he is as a animation director and as an animator mm -hmm. um it really comes through in that fight and it is just a gorgeous fight even paired with the the soundtrack they used yeah the way that song like it has actual lyrics in it which mm -hmm. i learned that the reason um anime uses english lyrics is so that it doesn't distract from what the actors are saying because mm -hmm. you know most people in japan don't know how to speak english that's why anime is you know in japanese so hearing something in english to them is not going to distract from what the voice actors are saying yeah so i think it all boiled down into i'd honestly say one of the best fights of 2020 yeah so i mean to be fair we also didn't get a ton of anime in 2020 that's like, very true like we had we didn't even get the the best parts of attack on titan season four in 2020 like that was all early 2021 stuff so mm -hmm. all right so uh there's a big difference between us as mha fran uh, mha fans is Indeed. you're a manga reader and i'm an anime only yes so what are your like like what is your perspective on the show as a manga reader so, as a manga reader, and, you know, it's it's kind of hard not to feel this way, but as a manga reader, I feel like I have this almost, like, omniscient look over mm -hmm. the series because I can look back on things and be like, oh, that paid off for this character at this point. Um, and, like, right now where we're at in the manga, we just wrapped up um, the, I think it's now the longest running arc of my hero uh ran for a a whole year wow like yeah it went from february 2020 to february 2021 it like we just well actually we're still in it at this point people like to say we've moved on but no we're in the aftermath of this arc which i think is still considered part of the arc um but i look back on things and it makes some of the mysteries clearer because like there's a huge, you know, I, I, Colin, I don't know if you know what I'm referring to, but just for the sake of not spoiling the anime onlys who may not, there's a huge, you know, thing that is revealed in the manga that mm -hmm. is years out from being animated. But I look back on the anime and see, like, how this fits in before it gets revealed. And I'm like, mm -hmm. whoa. That actually makes a lot of sense. And the manga does a really good job of not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not, like, ah, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not conflicting mm -hmm. with what's been previously written. So that makes the manga even more enjoyable. And it's just, it. I'd say reading the manga is great because you have a glimpse of what is to come and you read panels and you look at panels and you think wow yeah that's gonna look killer when it gets animated yeah and honestly as an anime only i personally like 
watching the show more than reading the show. Well, reading the manga, I mean. Because I feel... I mean, I have dabbled in the manga just a bit. Uh, I read about half... More than half of uh, season four. And I feel that's where a lot of my disinterest came from. Was... it was I kind of knew everything that happened... But another thing that happened with season four for me was I think after reading the manga and then watching the show, it fixes a lot of the pacing issues in the manga Um, because the gentle criminal arc is only like how many episodes like that arc is it runs from like episode because the gentle arc and the festival arc are like the same yeah uh it runs from i think episode 14 no because there's that little like there's the remedial training arc it runs from like episode 17 to 20 it you're right it is a really short because it's like Like, it's like how many chapters in the manga it's like takes up like a volume or two it's a it's a long arc in the manga and i'm just like i don't like this but yeah and they really did a good job of fixing that in the anime Mm -hmm. where they took out what was important put it in an episode and sped it along so i can i can see where you're coming from mm -hmm. in the sense that like reading it made it less interesting to watch yeah because you already knew it was gonna happen and I think if you're going to do both, you kind of have to be an MHA super fan like me, where that kind of thing doesn't bother you. Yeah. Um, because some people, they can't do that. Like, they can't read it and then turn around and watch it and be like, oh, well, I already know what was going to happen. So I think mm-hmm. it's it's an acquired taste. Yeah. And some people can do it. Some people cannot. Well... I guess we've covered a lot of one, uh, season one through four. So, what about indeed we have? What about season five? So, season five, I think, is going to be the season that really kicks it hard for mm-hmm. the story, based on like what I know is coming up as a manga reader, what is going to happen in season five is really going to push the Mm -hmm. story into the next stage. Because from what, from the way I, because I really looked carefully into how they paced season four and like how many chapters per episode and whatnot. So when I look at season five, We have the potential to get four arcs, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, because we have to wrap up the arc that ended at the end of season four, because there's a little bit of wrap up with Endeavor and Hawks and the Nomu and all that. And then we jump into class 1A versus class 1B, which takes up, it's not a super long arc. Um, I think it's going to end up being shorter than the tournament arc. Um, But then once we get to that halfway point, in the season we are going to jump into my villain academia which Ooh. is a fantastic arc and really does a lot for the story mm-hmm. and then at the tag end if they pace it right there is another small arc with um 
Deku, Bakugo, Todoroki, and Endeavor. Um, nice. So, depending on how they pace it, and that, all three of those arcs are very integral to the story moving forward. Um, so, these are going to be the ones that, like, this is going to hook a lot of people in, even just on animation or mm-hmm. simple stuff. And it is going to get them into the story. And then we'll be ready to move on to some really heavy stuff in season six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing I'm I'm most definitely looking forward to, and I've been looking forward to it for a very long time, is the uh, Class 1A versus Class 1B. Uh, I've been... Ever since we got introduced to Class 1B, I was like, I want to see how they are against Class 1A. Because we've been building up how strong Class 1A is. We've been building up all the stuff about Class 1A. What about Class B? Like I, I want or one B. I, I just, I just want to see. I, I want to see how they, how they go against Class One A. I think it's going to be really good. I think it's going to be very fast paced, and I think it's going to be a thrilling arc. Mainly because I really want to see what happens when, uh, what's his name? Who has the copy quirk? Oh, Monoma. Yeah, Monoma. Uh, I want to see what happens when he copies, tries to copy one for all. I really want to see what happens. Uh- Oh yeah, that's that's fun and interesting. That arc, man, I read it. Ooh, I think going on a year and a half ago, and I haven't re I haven't reread through it since then, because uh, I don't have the physical manga, and I don't like I don't pay for the Shonen Jump. I just read the new chapters that come out for free, which seems counterproductive. But yeah. uh, I read through it great arc uh there are a lot of good fights in there and you would think like oh class 1a is definitely just gonna shine up uh 1b because they've had real life experience you'd think that wouldn't you Mm -hmm. um these fights are very well put together um i i don't i feel like they don't have as much backstory and story built into them as some of the other fights do they are very kind of on the surface like kind of like the tournament arc which you know most of the fights there were just kind of you know fights because these are our pair-ups for um the fights so yeah it it is definitely something to look forward Mm -hmm. to and i'm very excited to see how they do it i'm also very excited for the new opening and ending um but you know that's kind of how it always goes for even any anime so you're always excited to hear you know what uh you know what's what do we got for an opening and ending? So mm-hmm. my hero academia season five. As, as people are listening to this, we're recording it a little early, um, but as people are listening to this, season five starts tomorrow. So that's, that's exciting. So to bring us to a close here, I put on the docket uh, fun MHA stories, uh, <laughs> and essentially what that means is I have so there's one on here which I'll let you explain because that was oh, that dear. was your story, but. There's there's two more, just in terms of, like, between Colin and I, like, fun experiences we have, we've had with MHA. So, um, we went down to Disney in December once. Uh, I went down there. It, it The vlogs are on Nick with No K. It's essentially, like, my choir trip. We went down to sing at Disney and all that. And the second day, I had wrapped three of the, three volumes of the My Hero <laughs> manga to give to Colin for Christmas. And I had, I'd stuck him in my backpack. 
we were meeting up in Animal Kingdom, and I was going to give them to him. So I'm going through security, and they open my bag, and they're like, what is this? And I'm like, oh, it's a Christmas present, and it's wrapped. And the guy was like, uh, you know, I we we can't let you through with a wrapped Christmas present. Like, we just, like, I know why it's a safety thing to mm-hmm. make sure you're not, like, wrapping a bomb or something. And, you know, I know why. Um, but I looked at the guy, and I was like, it's a Christmas present for my friend. It, it's just books. And I kind of, like, shifted them around in the paper so that he could see, like, it was three individual books. And he was like, okay, well, I'll let you through this time. Cause they, they, and then they sent me through the metal detector just to make sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they pushed me through. And then later on, I gave it to Colin. He opened it. And I was like, yes, I have these. Like, cause they were kind of heavy um, in my bag. And I was like, yes, I got them out. And then you handed them right back to me. You're like, hey, can you keep these in your bag <laughs> till, I, till I get a bag of my own so that I don't have to carry them around? I'm like, man. Okay, well, you thought also I, have to think. I, I had my I had my lightsaber with me. I was freaking carrying that on my back. And those things are That's made true. of metal, so like they're heavy. That's true. They are, yeah. And then you know we got to Hollywood Studios later in the day, and you got a bag, so yeah. you were able to. I was able to give them off to you. Have Have you read them yet? Nope. <laughs> I mean, I'm not offended. I was just curious. Like it's been almost yeah. two years. Yeah. So uh, they. Uh, are on they've been on my shelf for about a year and a half and i have not read them actually that's a lie i read after i finished season four i read about the next two chapters after that and then i just haven't read them since yeah uh basically because i mean you've got you've got the whole class 1a versus class 1b in that yeah in that set of manga i haven't i haven't bought myself any new volumes because i'm kind of like sparse on money at the moment uh so yeah and then my my other story is we were watching season four (sighs) it was the deku fight (laughs) and we were sitting upstairs in my room watching it and like there was a thunderstorm going on outside paid i paid no mind to it because you know it's like rain thunderstorm you know that's normal that's just what happens in nature you know and we're sitting there and, like, halfway through the fight, my phone starts vibrating, and I pick it up, and I open it, and it was an alert from the Weather Channel, and I was like, oh, it's just telling me, you know, thunderstorm, whatever. No, there was a tornado warning, um, and I looked at Colin, and I was like, should we move? And he was like, nah, we're good. And we sat up there. We just continued watching throughout a tornado warning, and yeah. we almost got blown away, but, you know, we didn't, so it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, uh, my story is a great story. So, uh, when Heroes Rising uh, came to theaters, this is pre-COVID. So this is like a month. This is a month. Ah, uh, yes. This is a month. This is, no, this was like two weeks before COVID. It, this was like the last movie I saw in theaters before they all got closed. Yeah, there, this was like, uh, like, yeah, like two weeks before COVID hit the U.S., and uh, we were just kind of, you know, we were, we were watching the movie. Uh, it was me, uh, Nick, his uncle, and like two of his other friends. Yeah. And uh, we were just kind of vibing, crew. vibing, watching. Everyone was like, you know, we were having. I I was reading the theater to make sure, you know, I wasn't gonna do something stupid. Um, but they were being very, uh, you know, they were all kind of. We had about we had a rowdy crowd for a theater and i was like yeah. okay well 
All right, I can do whatever I want. This will be fun. Uh, so when we get to the uh, the fight with Kirishima, Todoroki, Su, Ida versus Chimera, uh, as I mentioned earlier, when they used his quirk against him and Todoroki froze the beam uh, that he was shooting out of his mouth and it just kind of froze him over, his like entire head over, and there was just a beam just shoot, a frozen beam just shooting out of his mouth. There was just silence. I noticed the entire theater went silent at that point, and I just said, "He dead!" And then the theater yeah. <laughs> just lost it. They were like, the theater just erupted in laughter, and it was like I was just, it, I was like comedic. I just like I needed to time it correctly. I was like, I was like, I wanted to have a moment where I was just like, okay, this theater's rowdy. I'm gonna. I'm going to make him laugh at one point. And so when that came up, I was like, all right, there's my opportunity. And what made it even better is Todoroki's body had like fallen off the head and flopped on the ground and you heard it hit the ground and like his whole body was froze over. And then you just hear he dead. And oh, it was beautiful. Everyone just laughed. It was truly a magical theater moment that I wish we could have. But, you know, movie theaters still aren't open. Mm-mm. Which is very sad and frustrating, but whatever. Yeah. I'm not upset at all. Well, hey. Well, yeah. So, yeah. There's I think that's all we got. MHA. For My Hero, which yeah, fabulous show, as we've said. It's a good show. Know, sang its praises for about an hour. Yeah. So, with that being said, thank you, Colin, for coming on and indulging... Uh, you know, the anime side of the podcast mm-hmm. doesn't come out often, but when it does, we do it right and we yeah. have fun doing it. So thank you for uh, thank you for being on. And for those of you listening, if you enjoy the podcast, you can check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen if you want to hit the follow button. And you can also turn on notifications to be notified whenever we put out new episodes and bonus episodes like this and even main episodes. If you want to stay up to date with the podcast, you can check us out on social media on Instagram at the nerdiest podcast and on Twitter at nerdiest podcast. And we also have a website. If you want to submit questions or feedback, you can go to the website, go to the contact us, contact us page and submit a question there. If you are interested in continuing to listen next week on April 1st, that is not a joke. Uh, Jackson with no, or no, Jackson doesn't have a note. <laughs> Jackson Glass from the Glass Studios will be back. Him and I are going to be talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So if that interests you, stay tuned. We'll be back next Friday. As for us, I'm sure Colin and I will talk about anime again at some mm. point. So if you're an anime fan, just kind of hold tight. Woo-hoo. If you need something to listen to, we talked about Attack on Titan Season 4 a little while back so you can go back and find that episode but other than that that's going to do it for us here thank you again colin for being here and uh to everybody listening i will Yo, see you uh, guys nick. next time peace nick. out what nick when are we when are we going to get a quarry in the house episode um you know i i feel like we need to i need to have seen Corey in the house though uh, and it's not on disney plus well let Let's just get Disney to put to put it on on Disney Plus so we can watch Cory in the House and okay. we can make a podcast episode about it because Cory in the House is one, of the greatest, is one of the greatest shows of all time. So I mean, and, that's and what I've heard. It's, it's the greatest anime of all time. Like you know, it's Cory <laughs> in, it's, it's, it's in the House. I mean, you're not wrong. All right.